Hello, I'm Jim, and this is On The Left Side, and it's a funny football show. Dips one way, then the other, the cat's still going, left wing, and it goes running into the Everton penalty area, where the, the net's unguarded, Pickford's not there. Are you happy now? Are you really, really happy now? You bloody killed it. Stone dead. Transfer deadline day is dead. There was a time when it was a rich tapestry of last-minute panic buys, unprovoked dildo attacks on unsuspecting reporters, and an increasingly wide-eyed and increasingly frantic Jim White shouting, THE CLOCK IS TICKING! Sure, Deadline Day still has the same old Jim White, but nowadays the franticaliness... Is that a word? Franticity? Frantiliousness? <laughs> the panic is because of a complete lack of anything interesting happening because transfer deadline day has been ruined. Firstly, they got rid of it on Sky Sports News on Freeview, meaning that calling in sick to binge watch the ticking clock with a cup of tea, a biscuit and only brief masturbation breaks <sighs> now required a costly subscription and a giant satellite dish stuck on your house, so no one bothered. Then, they moved all the reporters inside the clubs, so no one could get anywhere near their live reports with neither sex toy, enthusiastic teenager, Blood. or racially insensitive fancy dress costume. And finally, football clubs just seem to have got, well, a bit better at transfers. Doing a deadline day deal is the football equivalent of sitting in a pub all evening, dying for a pint of lager, but instead of just getting a beer in, waiting until last orders before rushing to the bar for a last minute pint and ending up paying 70 quid for a Tia Maria and Coke. And those days just seem to have gone. It's got so bad that instead of phrases like breaking transfer news appearing on various football websites around the world, instead it's been replaced with headlines like deals that might happen. They're stealing the pixelated space, and it's just not as sexy. Where's the financial risk-taking? Where's the unheard-of Portuguese third-division attacking midfielder joining Southampton? Where's the insanity? I mean, take for example, one of the most exciting deadline day deals this year was the story of Anthony Martial. And I see you, Manchester United, and I'm not falling for it. Just because you announce a player signing a new contract on deadline day doesn't make it a transfer deadline day deal. You're not fooling me, and you're not fooling the Manchester United fan base. Even if you pair it with getting shot of Maron Fellaini and making it feel like fucking Christmas. Although, I did quite like Martial's statement on signing his new contract when he said this. This club is all about winning trophies, and I'm sure the next piece of silverware is not that far away. Yeah, all about winning trophies. I mean, since Fergie left, they've won three, is it? And one of them was the Charity Shield. I get the feeling that when Martial says that trophies aren't far away, he's saying it in the same way as a taxi driver says he's not far away when he's already an hour late to pick you up and he's still dropping off his last customer. Just pulling into your row now, mate. Five minutes, all right? Still, it's a bit of a change from the comments by Mauricio Pochettino last week when he said he didn't want to win trophies because they only built ego. And in the process, revealing himself to be the perfect man for the Tottenham job after all. However, it is not often that you get to say fair play Newcastle United, but fair play Newcastle United, who use the final few days of the window to break their 14-year transfer record with a last-minute deal for Miguel Almiron, bought from MLS Team Atlanta for 21 million quid. 
and probably a Sports Direct mug too. We all know how much Newcastle United love an erratic, incompatible fly-by-night South American, but this Paraguayan is reported to be the best player in the MLS, which is great. Although being called the best player in the MLS is a bit like being called the least racist member of Britain's first. Oi! It's a shallow gene pool. Newcastle fans are understandably excited, however, because Mike Ashley has actually signed a player. But I'm still expecting them to be disappointed when during his first game his rubber mask accidentally slips off and reveals that this young South American prospect is just Gabby Abongahor, who Ashley's picked up on a free. Hello. But as I said, credit where it's due. And Newcastle also deserve a little bit of recognition for spicing up the Premier League title race this week. Their victory over Manchester City caused wild celebrations on the streets of Liverpool, who apparently decided that that seven-point gap it created would be 100% insurmountable, with just a mere one-third of the season left. But it wasn't just Liverpool fans who thought they might be walking away with the title. Other fans were afraid the worst could happen, particularly United fans, who seem more keen on City to catch Liverpool than the Blues do themselves. Check out this United fan on the Manchester Football Social who can only imagine what might happen if the red half of Merseyside lift the title. If Liverpool, God forbid, win that league, there'll be commemorative cups, t-shirts, key rings. They'll bring out a record and they'll get fans to do the rap again. <laughs> it'll bring back... They'll bring back the last Liverpool team to win the league and they'll have that team play this team in the Clash of the Champions game at Wembley. It's a chilling vision of the future. Although I do quite like the idea of another John Barnes rap. Thankfully, Leicester City did their bit too, with a spirited performance that limited Liverpool to a draw. And again, it's credit where it's due for the Foxes. Although not if you're Jurgen Klopp, who decided to give Leicester absolutely no credit whatsoever in his post-match interview. First time that I experienced snow in England, so that's um, pretty difficult. And I think I was counter-attacked, was more defended by the pitch than, than by the, by the uh, opponent. He really doesn't like the weather, Klopp, does he? Over the last couple of years, he's blamed the sun for making the pitch too dry. He's blamed bad results on it being a bit windy, twice. And now he's having a go at the snow. He does realise that both teams playing the same weather conditions, doesn't he? Anyway, grass, wind, snow? That sounds like it should be an Earth, Wind & Fire tribute act. Do you remember when the season began in September? It was warm and dry loving weather And that man club team could play The scouts were winning Everyone in the cup was singing as we played in the lot, but then the weather stole our points away. Right. Anyway, Jürgen also had this to say after the match. Everything was fine. Did I feel brilliant after the game? No. Did I feel really good the next day? Yes. Was the sun shining? Yes. Will you shut up about the bloody weather? You've been in England too long. It's all you ever talk about. But I do also think I've heard that fine said in the same way somewhere before. It's almost the same as the fine my wife uses when I ask why she's not spoken to me for about four days. Fine. Everything's fine. You go out with your mates and have a fine time. Just fine. It's not really fine, is it? 
Still, it could be worse. You could be haunted by the ghost of Andrea Chavin. Which is the case in the greatest footballing story of the week. According to the Moscow Times, police in Russia are investigating claims from a local man who says he is being haunted by Andre Arshavin's spirit. A man who, by the way, is very much not dead. In fact, he is so not dead, he was photographed recently leaving a strip club on the back of a horse. So he's far from dead. In fact, he's pretty much living his best life. Anyway, the man claims that... A ghost loosely resembling Arshavin passes through my walls, attacks me and steals all my money. Which is just fantastic. Although this information will be of no surprise to Arsenal fans, who will recall the Russian midfielder both regularly stealing his wages in North London and appearing sometimes as a lifeless apparition, allowing others to just run straight through him as if he wasn't there. I watched the story with interest, although neither Arshavin or the ghost have commented officially on the story. Yet. It's great though, isn't it? Over in the UK, you're lucky to get the police round when your car gets nicked. Over in Russia, a crime from the other side gets their full attention. Although, I have heard before, the Russians love a spirit. And that rather feeble joke finishes this week's On The Left Side Football Podcast. Thank you very much for coming. Make sure you've subscribed and you'll get the next show as soon as it's ready. You should be able to do that wherever you listen to your podcasts, on Podbean or iTunes or Libsyn or wherever it is. Also, make sure you check us out on social media at On The Left Side and we'll see you there. And I'll see you next week. Bye, bye, bye. So you'll never guess who I had in back of my cab last week. The pop band Grass, Wind and Snow. Lovely people. Absolute salt of the earth. Not like those idiots who write and produce on the left side. At McGinley and uh, the other bloke. Uh, what's his Jim, what's his face? Arseholes. The pair of them. 